Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message by Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. And you can check, as Pastor Joel said, check your bulletins for the rest of the announcements. Well, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Psalm 127. We have been in Psalm 127 the last two weeks, and we're going to look at it again this morning, and it'll be kind of the foundation for next Sunday as well. If you missed the last two weeks, we've been talking about a lot of new things going on that God's doing, and anywhere from the things and the changes in our children's ministry to to the new to the new logo and website and then also to the building and and all the the neat and exciting things we talked about last Sunday about that if you weren't here either of those weeks I'd encourage you to listen to those just so you kind of get caught up also in the foyer on on the east side of the foyer we have two large uh, prints of the plans and and pictures and more information about the new building so if you miss that you can also go out there and just see that and again if you have any questions about that process or project you can ask me or one of the elders but so this this morning we're going to look at Psalm 127 again but from a whole different perspective and the perspective we're going to look at it this morning is as it relates to raising up our families and our children and I have a question that I want to start out with the kids in the in the service right now. And so for you teenagers or preteens, you're going to have to think back a few years because I guarantee it won't apply to you right now. But uh, for you younger kids, you might be there right now. Can you remember a time where your parents, you thought your parents knew everything? Like they have the answers. I'm not, man, parents, I'm not seeing any hands. <laughs> they, don't, they never trusted you. <laughs> they never, never, okay, we got one, okay. Well, I don't, how, let me ask the adults, can you remember a time when you thought your parents had all the answers? You know, I, I certainly know I did, and, and there was a period in my life, and I, I mentioned the early service, I think it's the pre-Google generation, because our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents, they didn't have computers or Google or anything. You, you had to go to them for the answer to any question that you had. And maybe whether they knew it or not, they answered your question. But I, I really thought just they knew everything and they had it together and they had a plan and anything that might come up, they were going to handle it. And so that was my perception. And, and youth, it, it looks like you're in that stage right now where you don't think they know anything. I guarantee you, as you get older, they're going to get smarter. But it's not them getting smarter. It's you getting smarter. <laughs> you're going to realize that they knew more than you thought. And, and my big realization as it, as it related to children came when Candy and I had our first child, Abby. And we got her and we took her home and we didn't have a clue what we were doing. You know, we didn't know we'd never had a baby. And, and then we got another one and we still were figuring out <laughs> what we were doing. You know, parents, y'all relate. Anybody here have it all together? And, you know, we, we didn't know what we were doing. And so I looked back and I saw that, you know, while, while my parents were much wiser than I was as a child, they really didn't know everything like I thought they did. They were figuring it out. And so in this time, we tend to get anxious and worry. Have you ever worried about your children, parents? Have you ever had concerns about their future? Did you think, I've already broke them too much? <laughs> you know, they can't recover. <laughs> yeah, and it's all my fault. 
If we'd have just known, if I'd have only known what to do, I wouldn't have broke them. That, you know, these thoughts go through our heads and we think it's all on us. And I've got two things for you this morning. The first is if you, which it looks like at least the parents, the kids didn't cooperate too much. They, they've got it all under control and, and got it all figured out. They'll learn otherwise later. But at least for you adults, you're, you agree that, that we don't have it all figured out. And so the first thing is you're not alone. You could look around the room and realize I'm not the only one who had those thoughts. I'm not the only one who thinks I've messed them up. I'm not the only one who thinks I've failed. The other thing that we're going to talk about this morning is we don't have to worry. And we don't have to be anxious about these things because it's not on us. The responsibility is not on us. Thankfully, God has a role to play in this. And that's what we're going to look at. So if you'll turn with me to Psalm 127, verse 1 through 5, it'll also be up on the screen. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. So before we go on and dig in deeper into this passage, I want to point out two words. And the first one is the word house. And the word used here for house is bayith. And bayith can refer to a home or a family dwelling, but more symbolically, it can refer to the household in general and also even to a family line or an entire dynasty. And it is even used at times to describe an entire nation. And the word is used in each one of these ways throughout the Bible and just varies by the context. But the Bible clearly states over and over and over again that everything belongs to the Lord. Everything has been created by the Lord. So we know in this context of of Psalms that that all of these definitions of household apply to this house. Unless the Lord builds the house, unless he builds our household, unless he builds our children, unless he builds our family, unless he builds the generations of our family to come, unless he builds our nation, we labor in vain. Everything that we do on our own is in vain if it's apart from what the Lord is building. The next word that I want us to look at is heritage. And the word heritage uh, is the word nachala. And and like Pastor Daryl said a few weeks ago, I, I click on that little audio button as well, where they pronounce the word and over and over practice in the office to do our best. But that's what I came up with. Nahala is the word translated here for heritage. And heritage is used 27 times. Um, it's translated as heritage 27 times and as inheritance 192 times. Here's the interesting thing about this word is this is the same word that is used throughout the Old Testament for the inheritance, the land that was given to the, to the Israelites when they left Egypt and, and came into the promised land. So the promised land was the Nahala of, of the Israelites. 
It was a gift to them. It was inheritance. It was to be their heritage. And it was talking about the physical land. We kind of lose this in translation, but God, they wouldn't have missed this. That God is saying, your children are your nachala from God. Your children are your inheritance. Your children is this blessing from God that has been given to you to steward. And the truth is, it's all God's. All the land is God's. Any nation that has acquired land will only be a nation as long as it contains its land. If it loses the land that, that it's made, you know, claimed as sovereign, it's no longer a nation. A nation without a land isn't a nation. And so God, when he called the Israelites, he said, I'm going to give you an inheritance. I'm going to give you a heritage. And he was talking about the land. And then now in this scripture, he's saying every one of us has an inheritance, a heritage from God, and it's our children. Well, guess what? The land never belonged to Israel. The land never belonged to any of us. The land that the United States of America is on hasn't always been ours. It's been others throughout the generations. And if the world continues long enough, it's going to be somebody else's. You go throughout world history, there's not a strip of land on this world that hasn't changed hand after hand after hand after hand. But guess what? Whose has it been from the beginning of time till now? It's always been His. The land has always belonged to God. But He says, I want you to steward it for this period of time. He gave Israel that land and then at times he took it away and gave it back and took it away based on whether or not they were working with him. And now he says, your children are an inheritance, are a gift from God for you to steward for a period of time. But they don't belong to us. They're God's. And guess what? You don't belong to you. Have you realized that you're not your own? I'm not mine. I don't belong to myself. I'm God's. Now I can refuse to accept it and run away and try to be the Lord of my own life, but it doesn't ever change the fact that I'm His. And for a period of time, He gave me to my parents to raise up and to to show me the way, His ways, but I wasn't theirs. They had been, I had been given them to steward. For a period of time. And so that when we let this sink in and we look at it this way, it takes the pressure off us just a little bit and lets us realize that, God, okay, you've put them in my life to steward, but they're yours. You're doing something in them. You're building something in them. And that's what we're going to look at next is that God calls us to co-labor with him in the work that he's doing. First Corinthians three, six, and it'll be up on the screen. The Apostle Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, co-laborers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay that 
than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the foundation that God is building on. There's so much in this passage, and it ties beautifully with what we just read in Psalm 127, that God is the one that brings the increase. He's the one that is building the structure. And here it tells us that he wants to co-labor with us. Have, have any of you ever worked with someone else before in your life? <laughs> Done any task with another person? So there's been times that I've worked with other people who knew more than I did about something. I've worked with teams where we were all kind of at the same level doing something. I've worked with people who you're trying to raise up and train up. Have you ever worked with somebody who didn't have a clue what they were doing, but they thought they did? <laughs> I've got some hands go like. <laughs> to the point, they'll literally like, and you might know everything about this you know, project that you're doing, but to the point they'll like push you out of the way just so they can mess it all up. You know, it's like, no, you know, get out of my way. I got, I got this, <laughs> you know, and they just destroy whatever you're trying to do. You know, it's going to take 10 times as long as it would have taken if, you know, if they'd have just left it alone and let you, you know, work on this. How often do we do that with God? God asks us to co-labor with him. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one that created everything, that knows everything about us, that knows everything about our children, that knows everything about all things. And he says, I want to work with you. I want to co-labor with you. And we say, okay, scoot to the side. Let me, let me get in here. Whether it's with our children or with our you know, fields or jobs, just any area of our life, we look at something and we think, what do I think this needs to be? And we get to work at it. But we don't take the time to say, God, what are you doing in this? What do you have for my child? He may have something for your child that you have never dreamed or imagined of, but you've got something in your mind that you're trying to build, that you're trying to 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 take them to steer them toward because this is this is what I think you know this is where I think you should go and God's saying hold up I want you to co-labor with me and what I'm building in them while you, they, they're in your stewardship and we can pray to God we can ask him but it's a whole different way to pray than to say Lord I know you're doing something in the life of my child and by the way, parents, this, this goes if you're if you have an adult child, they're out of your hands at this point, but they're still God's. You can still pray that for them. You can still be available to them. But to work with God in whatever he's doing in their life and not trying to build the structure that you think needs to be built. He knows what he's doing. He knows the steps. He knows the plan. And then we need to remember that everything that we're building on, especially in the life of our children, needs to be on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I know many of you know this uh, scripture by heart, but, and, and I'm sure you've even heard it taught this way, but I think it pulled into conjunction with these two other scriptures. It just kind of adds a little bit more to it, and that is each kid's different. We, Candy and I only have two children, Abby and Allison. They're totally different. 
Anybody who's got more than one kid knows they're not the same. Every single one is unique. God has a different plan and purpose for every single one of them. He's given them different talents, different giftings, and he has a whole different purpose for their life than their brother or sister. They're different. And he's saying, you can co-labor with me, train them up, help co-labor with me and train them up in the way they should go, which is the way he wants them to go, not the way we want them to go. I remember Candy's shared this testimony many times with Abby was born and she was very structured from the get-go. Uh, she would sleep all night really quick and just was, you know, easy managed, didn't cry much, all that kind of stuff. Great first kid. <laughs> we got, we were under the impression they were all like that. And then we had Allison, totally different. Literally from birth, totally different. And as they've grown up, it just continues. They're two unique individuals that God has a plan for and he has a purpose for, but they're going to be totally different. They're not, they weren't created for the same thing or the same purpose. And our responsibility is to co-labor with him as they grow. One other thing that we need to remember is they grow. We need to learn to let go more and more and more. And we can't wait till they're 18. We've got to start giving them responsibilities. Start letting them experience the consequences of their actions. Start feeling pain in different ways because we're not going to be there all the time. They have to learn how to, how to trust the Lord on their own and get their own relationship with the Father. Otherwise, they're going to keep looking to us and think, Mom and dad are the ones with all the answers. Mom and dad are the one with all the resources. Mom and dad is where I go in times of trouble instead of, no, I go to the Lord when I'm in a times of trouble. The only one I can rely on is the Father. And we have to transfer that to them because that's where we had to get, right? Over and over in my life, I've been in places where I had to rely on him. And if, if I had have always gone to my parents and always felt like they were going to be that stronghold, I would have never learned to rely on my relationship with him and know that he is really the owner of all things. Let's take a look at Psalm 127.2 and see this is uh, the good news I spoke about at the very beginning and see that we can rest in the word of God. We can rest in his plan. We can lay down our anxieties and our worries and those fears that we have for our children and know that we can trust them in the Lord's hands. Verse 2 of Proverbs one, or Psalm 127 said, It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious, anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. He will give you rest. When we know that he's not only the owner of us, but of our children and of literally the entire world and all of human history, then we can say, if he's gotten all that figured out, I can trust him with my kids. And I can lay my head down at night and the Lord will give me rest because I know they're in his hands. You won't be staying up late, worrying and anxious, trying to figure out how you can fix their problems. Have you ever stayed up wondering, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to fix it? Whatever it is in your child's life. And we worry about it and we fret about it and we think, how am I going to take care of this for my kid? And the truth is, we can't do it. 
Only God the Father can fix it in their life the same way He fixed it in our life. Would you all agree with me that you've got problems that your parents weren't able to fix? (laughs) Primarily sin. We have to be saved from that sinful life. And the only one that can do it is the foundation that we're all supposed to be building on, Jesus Christ. And if we can help them get to that place and help co-labor with God in that foundation, you won't have to worry about the rest of the structure. Because God's going to have it handled. He's got this. We can trust Him. And know that he's at work building them into what he called them to be. And we can co-labor with him knowing that he's going to do the work that only he can do. He's going to give the increase. He's going to bring completion to the work that he is doing. Philippians 1.6 says he starts the work and he completes the work. That's a promise for us. It's a promise for our children. And it's a promise to all generations that God is going to complete what he started. And we can trust him for that. It takes all the pressure off. It takes the response, that responsibility off. And God says, no, the responsibility is on me. They're mine. I put them in your life to steward for a while, but the final responsibility is on me. I'm going to take care of them. I will be there for them. Trust me. We seek Him diligently. We pray for our kids. And we ask Him to show us the work that He's doing in their life so that we can be co-laborers with Him in that work. It changes everything. And before we close this morning, I want to share one last thought. And that's that uh, I kind of alluded to this a minute ago. That part of our co-laboring with God in the lives of our children has to be to give them completely back to Him. And we do it in stages, but we have to start uh, getting them to rely on the Father just like we do. And as time goes by, we have to release them more and more and more. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. I don't know about you, but... I have relied on that scripture many, many times in my life. I've gotten to places where I knew I couldn't trust my own understanding, my own knowledge. I knew I couldn't trust the understanding of my father or my grandparents or anyone else in my life. I had to put all the weight of my trust and hope in God. No one else could handle it. No one else could take it. Everything had to go to him. And we all have to get to that point in our life that we know that he's the one that everything goes to. He's the owner of all things. And we can say it. We can proclaim it. We can tell it to other people. But if you've never had to rely on it yourself and believe it and trust in it, it's just words. We can tell our kids over and over and over and, and Candy and I do that with Abby and Allison, but one day they're gonna have to get to the point where it becomes reality for them. And it's only gonna happen when they get to the point that this is beyond mom and dad. 
This is beyond my friends. This is beyond any other resource. I have to fully rely on God and trust Him. But if we protect our kids over and over and over and over and over from every problem, from every circumstance, we're actually robbing them of the ability to start trusting God in baby steps. Trust Him. And we can, we can work with our children in that. And they will get to the place where they will trust Him. And they won't lean on their own understanding. And they'll acknowledge Him in all their ways. And He will direct their paths. And the house that He is building will be built. And the structure and the purpose and the plan that He has for them will come to pass because He's building it. And He's at work. Anything that we try to do on our own, Psalm 127 said very clearly, is in vanity. It's vain. If we try to build something in the life of our kids that's not the life that God has planned for them, we're wasting their time and ours. Thankfully, they're still in God's hands. Thankfully, we're still in God's hands. There's grace and there's mercy. And I I promise you, you haven't broke them. We don't have that kind of power. No human being on the planet has the power to break the plan of God or the purposes of God. There's children and people who grow up in horrendous, horrendous circumstances and God's plan still comes to full effect because what He's building is going to be built. And we can trust Him and we can have faith in that and know that He's building what needs to be built here. He's building what needs to be built in Lampasas. He's building what needs to be built in the nations of the world. And every single one of His plans is going to come to full completion. And all that he's asking us is, will you co-labor with me in what I'm doing? And we can do that in every single area of our life. And then nothing that we do will be in vain. It'll all be for a purpose and it'll all last because we're building with the master builder who knows how to build everything. Amen? Well, if you'll bow your heads with me, we'll... Close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time together. Lord, I thank you for every parent here. I thank you for every child here. Lord, and we acknowledge this morning, maybe some of us for the first time, that you own everything. You have created everything from from the earth and all of its fullness to everything that's alive, including us. And you, Father, are the owner of all things. Lord, we submit to that authority. We submit to your ownership, Lord, Father. And we want to agree with Psalm 127, Lord, that what you build, Lord, what you are building is going to last, but what we do on our own will be in vain. So we want to build with you. Father, I pray that you would give every single parent here a vision of what you're doing in the life of their children, both uh, physically mentally, spiritually, Lord, where you are taking their children, Lord, that that you will give them almost like a window to look through and see the work that you're doing in them, that they might participate in that work, that they would co-labor with you in the work that you're doing, Father. I pray that you would give every parent here rest and peace, take away every anxiety, every fear, Lord, that they would know their 
children are in your hands. They're your responsibility. Their grandchildren are in your hands. From generation to generation to generation, Lord, their family is in your hands. We trust you, Lord. And we give you all glory and all praise. In your name we pray. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.